Alrighty. See, episode seven is officially in the books. In the books. And, well, I mean, first things first, we're one episode away from the season finale of season one here. So that's pretty, it definitely feels like it's, we're at the rising action toward the finale right now. Like the last two episodes are kind of like, it's like, oh, what's going to happen? It's like yeah. the anticipation is like kind of crazy. And again, I'm trying to tread lightly on <laughs> what I'm saying, not to spoil anything, but um, it's, uh, I mean, we'll get there, but it's very interesting. Cause you, I feel like how they set it up at the beginning where mm -hmm. this episode ends feels like this is like the resolution, right? Okay. But clearly, I mean, we don't know, you know, as an audience, we don't yeah. know what's going to happen next, but, uh, the fact that it's not over yet, you're like, okay, something, something's going to happen. Just yeah. figure out what, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least in the last episode, we kind of talked about the, these, the, the changing of the threads of the story. With like Magra and Tamaktajun having their own story, which now kind of culminates into a new story, where now Queen Kane instead of having her own side story, we're, we're I'm kind of skipping, but that kind of resolves itself into another, you know, the ABC plot as we kind of laid out last episode has now turned us back into AB, and then the developing story of the children and then the paternal struggle of Baba Voss, kind of is. It's like, at one level, it felt like this episode was sad, but then it like flips, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll yeah. get to that. Um, I'm trying to think, of, it, did it really even end on a big cliffhanger? I don't think it really did. It was more of just like, keep watching, you know? <laughs> yeah, not a cliffhanger, but definitely like, a, I mean, because like, um, again, we'll get there, but like the, the lights, you know, yeah. blinding lights. Um, which I think is a metaphor. Oh, that's it. said right before then. Yeah. But it ends on that. And you're just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So not a cliffhanger, but in a way it is. Cause you're like, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it. So whatever, but like, you know, uh, Kofun and Haniwa finally, you know, reach Jordan Morrell. Or, or so, so we think. So we think, right. <laughs> um, you know, and so. Yeah, it's just, it's like, okay, time to figure out what, this is the whole journey, right? It was, we've been with them for seven episodes up till now. Mm -hmm. um, so what, you know, what's all the fuss about? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I don't know, it's really interesting, right? Especially because it's like this looming character. I mean, you see him once in, or yeah, what? Yeah, only once with it. And it was just kind of this random occurrence in the forest with Baba Voss and the children were still like infants. So it's like episode two. And now that you haven't seen this guy in basically some 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but so we'll get to that in the next episode for sure. Yeah. Rewind into the starting of this episode, which starts with the first time you ever see the shadows getting the tables turned on them. <laughs> That's a crazy way to start. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like they seem not like invincible like i feel like they do seem vulnerable like when we first see them like how mm -hmm. they move and like they're not clearly they're not like these offensive anything they're like more information yeah they're yeah. probably like spies yeah yeah so like very weak in terms of like physical um attributes but kind of priceless but like they've seen like larger than life, right? Cause like they can't hear him. Obviously you can't see him. So like 
they don't need to be right. It's like they've mutated. They don't need that trait. Um, yeah. And then here comes boots. Dumbass. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like boots at all. But here comes boots and turns the tables on them and can see them. And that's like in a weird way, their biggest weakness. Right. Yeah. Um, and then no. you, you can't, it, it doesn't matter how stylish you move. If you can, like, can you imagine like in, in our world, if someone's like, I'm sneaking and you're like, bruh, like, like <laughs> bro, I, I can see you, man. <laughs> I can see you right now. Um, yeah. It's like, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. In a way you feel bad for them, even though they're, they're with, uh, what's that? The, the worm dude. Worms or whatever is a yeah. disgusting name for, I just, okay. I just feel like if I'm naming a city, like if I am the king of anything, right. <laughs> And I can name the city. I'm not starting with the city of worms. I understand it's like silkworm, but like city of silk has a nice, much better. <laughs> I found saying so that guy's a psychopath for that alone. Oh yeah, we'll get I, to him too. I I do definitely agree with you. He, I think that guy is very much a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the name of the city alone should have told us that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought that part was really interesting, but also the interesting part is the right after the he threatens the remaining shadow. He, it, it cuts to him talking to Magra and then Boots is in the same tent. And he's like, I know he's not one of your children, which is incredibly perceptive, but also he's got sight. And she's like, well, cat's out the bag. I can't really lie to this guy. Cause he's going to see right through it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then immediately Magra tells the truth. Cause I don't know. I feel like she's almost incapable of lying, like in a deceitful way. You know, like she's kind of just a decent person. Yeah. It's, um, that's interesting because she lied to Baba Boston the whole time about who she was. So maybe, no, but I think you're onto something though. I, I think you are. Cause maybe she lied. She lies when it's like serving something bigger, like the yeah. greater good or like in a protective sense, like this information could be harmful. Yeah. Um, withhold I that. Like lying that she's royalty or not. Like, I don't even think she said she's just like, I'm just the tribal. Like, she never even like mentions any of her past. So it's like, I don't know. To me, it's it's like it doesn't matter, right? Like, even if she said her who she was back then, she's not there anymore. And so even if she said that, it wouldn't have like it doesn't improve her position that she's currently in by saying, yeah. like, well, I'm a queen or the princess, I guess. <laughs> like <laughs> That's true. Now, okay, that's true. But I, that conversation between her and Baba Voss will be interesting. She's oh, like, yeah. I just technically lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you know. um, and I mean, you're right. You know, I don't, not that I remember, at least she doesn't like specify who she is. This is kind of like, here I am, right? She just it kinda, felt like she was just kind of random person that happened to be connected to Gerald Morel. Yeah. Only, like, only for the fact that she has, she has his children who have sight. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And I think you're right. But I, I think the reason it, that worked, how it just kind of never questioned with Baba Voss is because he had his own past too. And that he didn't want oh, to, yeah. he wanted to bury it. So I think he understood because they both came to that, the, the Alkenis as outsiders. Right. Um. So he was never going to question her because I think he was the only one in that tribe who could really relate to her and say, I, I understand. And it doesn't matter where you came from. It's just where we are now. And then that's forward. a really interesting point because it's like, yeah, the, you, here you had two people who were literally, maybe in some ways, both literally and figuratively running away from their past or at least looking for a start over. Yeah. And that's what they did. You know, they said, both of us have baggage. 
don't care anymore. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that does, it really, it's going to be interesting when, um, I mean, hopefully, but eventually you would hope that they're going to meet up again. And then, yeah, no, I'm I, so my brain's going here, but like thinking too about her arc, mm -hmm. about Mark's arc, like, I just wonder where that's going to take her. Like how long are they going to be apart when they see each other again? Is she right. going to be like, is she going to be like accepting of her, um, like royal of her royalty? Is she going to like revert back to that? Is she going to, you know, push further away from it and like really push closer into Baba Voss and that, like, it's going to be interesting because it can really go anyway. Yeah. I, I think you're right because it felt like even in this episode, when she's talking to Tamak Dejun, um, during this, even this conversation, she's pushing back against him and saying like, well, I'm the princess, you know, don't, don't listen to me as like someone you respect. Listen to me as like someone who, because I'm, you know, you respected my father type right. thing. And I was like, well, this is weird. Cause it's like, you're really seeing a different side of Magra that you haven't seen. Like you've seen Magra, the mother, like the whole season. And now you're seeing like Magra, the, the princess slash pseudo ruler. Yeah. Like, somehow she can command more authority than her own sister. Like, her sister felt more of a fanatic at most whenever she was, like, like she would wield her authority with, like, as, like, a club. Whereas yeah. Agar can say something some way, and it's like, oh, yeah, she's 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 the one you should pay attention to. Right. Like, speak softly, but, you know, it carries a lot of weight in some ways. Yeah. It's like uh, the difference between fear and respect. Yeah. And Kane, maybe because she... This is really interesting. I'm glad we're getting into this. But with um, Queen Kane, do we know her first name? Queen Kane's first name? I think they mention it, but I don't remember if they ever say her first name. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, I actually, nothing comes up um, that I can think of. But yeah, let's look that up real quick. I'm looking it up. Sibeth. S-I-B-E-T-H. Sibeth. Okay. So oh, Queen Kane. Queen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with that. Um but with Queen Kane, maybe since she was knowingly undeserving. Yeah. That kind of, and maybe she already had some stuff going on before, but like that kind of facilitated her, her uh, leadership or whatever rule style. Like yeah. how she, it's like the on. Napoleon complex, right? Yeah. Like you overcompensate, <laughs> which exasperates your own feelings. Right. Like you see how far that got her, but then you see what, you know, you see where that got her. Like she had a, her kingdom where now we have Magra coming in and um <clears throat> going along with the scene with Tamakti June and um and Bones and her the way she's speaking to him isn't in a demeaning sense and it's it's weird because like you said we don't see her like this yeah until now but she doesn't demean anyone she's not like in trying to impose her will on them right she's very much like trust me on this this is what we have to do and at this point, she really just wants to find her family, that being Baba Boss and her, her kids and parents. Um, and she's just like, you know, because Tamaki June with the uh, shadows, they figured out where Queen Kane is. So he's like, we have to go. She's like, but we can't quit the search for them. And so they're battling, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And ultimately, they decide that they're going to have a team continue searching and the rest of them are going to go get Queen Kane. Um, and there's a moment that I, I really liked, um, right after this, as they're about to head off, uh, Magra leans down over one of the soldiers and like, she's on her horse and she leans down and very softly says, are you in charge of the search party? He's like, yes. He's like, there's four of us. So she's like, eight would be better. Right. Yeah. I'm like the way she said that, I'm like, 
Queen Kane wouldn't have said it like that. You know what I mean? That's just, that would have made her character. She'd be like, aren't you stupid? Like, just yeah. like the mean the person, you know, maybe even kill him. Who knows? But um, she's like softly spoken. And the, the way they can't, that the camera angle is too, it's at a lower angle. So she's like above you. And yep. I'm wondering if that's the first time they showed her in that light. Where I hope. Her. Um, yeah, that I mean, that's like great. one of the only times you've ever seen her in a horse, I think, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can't so, remember. Yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. And then even even that angling, right, as she says it, it kind of cuts back to a more wide-angle shot where Tamakta June is riding his horse toward the camera. And uh, he says, make it happen. Like, not even looking back. He yeah. just says it offhand. You know, and it's like, it's even more incredible, too, because here's literally the witch finder general who's found one, like, and he calls it out and it says, there's a witch in my fucking tent right now. Like, what do you think I'm supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, ignore it. <laughs> She's like, leave it alone. No. She's like, um, maybe you know. No one else has to know. <laughs> and it's just cool seeing her in that role. But then it's like, okay, seems like it comes natural to her. Doesn't oh, it? yeah. Like, it's just effortless, which is cool. And then... It's really interesting. Yeah. I just, I'm like so excited to see Queen Kane and hers dynamic together mm -hmm. because... I mean, they're polar opposites. I mean, even like one has hair, the other bald. Like, <laughs> like it's, they're just opposites. And um, where Magra might be slightly more, I wonder if there's a like a dichotomy there between Kofun and Haniwa and Queen Kate and Magra. Oh, Not interesting. Sure there is, but I just wonder, like Haniwa might be a little more Queen Kane esque in a sense, mm -hmm. and you know, vice versa. But, um, what was my thought? Lost my train of thought. Like a parallel between the, the sisters and the children. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just essentially how they're going to work and like how Magra is very much kind of, so again, softer spoken and like, you know, she ran away. She could have, yeah. you know, taken up arms and be like, no, we're going to battle this out. She ran off. She's like, you know, that's not who she is. We're keen. Kane is like, no, like, you know, she's cunning and she's going to figure this out. Like with the, with the iron fist, she's not going to back down by any means, which we see in this episode, which I kept calling her badass, And he finally saw why I, I saw all the pieces get together. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I was like, oh damn. Like, I, I still can't help, but like to jump to that scene, I think we'll, we'll, we'll spend most of the time, at least this first half talking about the Magra queen Kane side of the story. And then we'll end with the, the Baba Voss and the children. Um, but like to just see like the scene where it's more just a monologue, even though the psychopath says it's a conversation, <laughs> which is so fitting for that character, you know, yeah. and, and like the way that scene starts is like, she's bringing or being brought food and then Queen Kane and always her ever defiant nature throws it across the room or knocks it across the room, which totally fitting of the character <laughs> I'm not eating that shit. <laughs> if, especially after she's already been beat to hell however many times it's <laughs> like she's got a huge bruise or welt like right by her eye and stuff already um and not to mention she's been you had the coin removed from her chest like she's she's not in good shape let's put it that way she's having a rough time <laughs> she's having a rough time and i just uh -huh. thought about this while you're explaining it too um like the 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 change, right? Like we went from Magra kind of playing the secondary role as like the the mother figure, right? And now she's like 
been on the upswing ever since Queen Kane destroyed her home. She's been on the downswing as, as Magra's rising into this new role. And I think right now, what we're leading up to is the eclipse of their, their like relative power levels within this universe. Yeah. You know, it's like, especially when they meet and we're not there yet, but you know, it's like, you've kind of gone where one was kind of playing a back burner thing. And then now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, and never mind. And now you got that, like pass off uh, the handoff of the ball as they like, you know, fulfill their, whatever roles they've been building towards in this world. Yeah. That's, that's a really good observation. That's sick. And I think you're spot on with that. That's, that's dope because I mean, you, where we see Magra start is she's like, you know, things couldn't be worse, right? Yeah. Where Queen Kane, maybe things weren't perfect, but like, I mean, she had her, you know, her- kingdom. Relatively on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good observation. I didn't even notice that, but I think that's spot on. And I think that it's perfect and smart how they did that because now it makes sense that there's a, there's a change in the power dynamic, right? Yeah. Um, because of just what they're going through. And um, what's even better is, I don't think it's going to go smoothly. <laughs> like, there's going to be, there's going to be some, oh, okay. Yeah. You thought just cause I was down. Queen K's going to be like, you thought cause I was down for a little bit. I'm just going to. Right. Well, plus, yeah. I mean, like th there's still all this un like unspoken stuff, like the tension that's building, like the whole Baba Vosmagra thing. Yeah. The tension building. And then mm -hmm. there's also that other unspoken thing of like, oh wait, my sister had children with the guy I wanted to have children with thing. Which is yeah. like that's like a whole episode of Mori ready, ready waiting to happen, <laughs> or not the father. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I something tells me Queen Kane is not going to be like just totally cool with that. <laughs> no, I feel like she's not totally cool about anything. <laughs> it's not in her DNA. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but what is in her DNA? And I, you know, I've been set, from the beginning. I'm like she's such a badass. Like she's crazy. She has all these things, but like at the end of the day, she kind of is just a badass of a person. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, so she's resourceful if nothing else. Yeah. And, and, uh, like her, um, endurance mm -hmm. is impressive because, you know, as you know, the, uh, what's his name? The worm King, whatever you want to call him. I forget his name. I don't he's remember like, his name either, but I don't like him. He's, like, <laughs> he's a good actor, actor played him great, but like, when you hate a when you hate a character, the actor probably did a good job, right? <laughs> like, so that that's where we sit there. Um, but you know, she's like you know beaten and battered, and uh, we're not skipping too much. But you know, Tamaki June and um, Magra finally make it. You know, they're like figuring out their plan of attack. Boots obviously is the one who goes and he can scope out the area, see where everyone is, and say they have this many people. Um, you know, Queen Kane's lying down. I don't know if she's alive or whatever, you know, just kind of lays out the information and Tamaki June ultimately says it needs to be quick, precise, and quiet because if we fuck up, they can just kill her. Right. So it, it has to be precise. So he's, of course, Tamaki June's like, I'll just do it, <laughs> like, I'll do it. Um, which is cool. Cause I think this is the first time we see him really in action. Like he's usually like kind of standing back. I can't remember, yeah. I might be, but I can't remember if we see him like in a fight to this point. No, we only see him as like the imposing, you know, Darth Vader-esque, like just a presence that you're, you know, is scary. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's cool when, you know, you finally see him in action and he, I mean, he is pretty effortless at it. He gets his way in, 
is pretty silent up until the very end, right? Um, you know, someone notices one of the bodies he's killed. Yeah. Sound the alarms or whatever. Um, and then the Worm King guy <laughs> or whatever is like, oh crap, they're here. And he's looking for his knife to, I don't know if he's going to kill Queen Kane or just hold her hostage, whatever he's intending to do. The knife's not there. Who has the knife? That lady who we thought, you know, Queen Kane told her identity to. And we thought betrayed her. Really, that was Queen <laughs> Queen Kane's plan the whole time. Like, I'm going to tell you this. Tell him so he knows. They're going to go reach out to my people. They're going to come here. She like she played chess, dude. She's like 3D yeah. chess, and she won. <laughs> like that. I was like, yo, she literally took like it didn't. She didn't have to do that, but she literally took a beating for however long she was there for, mm-hmm. knowing that like, yeah, just just wait. And she kept saying, just wait. <laughs> just wait um but yeah i mean just that alone her endurance there her being able to plot that move and know that it was going to work out in her favor i mean i don't know she's really dope to me. yeah it was really cool um and also too is like i see a lot of parallels between tamakta june and baba voss in the in these like in this episode like where baba voss was like the hero protector type and now you see the parallels of Tamakta June kind of transitioning from this bad guy to more of this gray character um, who's willing to put a, put aside his own orders and his own what's shaped his life <laughs> to, in, in terms to save one, his queen, and also respect the legacy of, you know, someone he respects. And it's like, damn, here's like a bad guy that I'm like, I don't, I can't hate him. Like, I don't, like, he's a bad guy, but is he really a bad guy now? Right? Like, here he yeah. is, like, risking himself, you know, defying the orders he was given by the very queen. He's now defying orders to go save. I mean, this guy is, and we talked about this while we were watching, but it's to, a good villain is someone who is not objectively so. Right. Yeah, like they're great. Like they walk in and out. Like depends on the perspective in which you're viewing the character. Exactly. So obviously from Baba Voss and, you know, their situation, he is the bad, he's the bad guy. He's the guy they're running from, right? And there's really no other way to see him. But then you switch it and you look at Magar, Kane's even point of view. And it's like, this is just a loyal, beautiful soldier, even to Magra. And like, she, he's been chasing her his whole life. Put him through all this stuff. He said he's been away from his family. He almost died because of them, really. Right. <laughs> like, she almost had to, you know, kill himself. And immediately when he figures out, oh, my God, you're, you know, in the royal bloodline. And he's just like, no, we have to respect you. Like, Pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, he has so many good qualities that I feel like people uh, strive to have. Like, just to be loyal to no extent, you know, and like he has his job and he's going to do it and he's going to fulfill his duties. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Right. Um, so it's cool. I mean, he's a, he's a beautifully written character and I feel like it's hard not to like him, even though he is still a bad person. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, he's killing people. He's killed hundreds of people for searching for something, but he did it because he had to, Yeah, because, you know, he said he would, it's his responsibility. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what makes him, you know, beautifully complex in a complex world, right? Like, it's it's all of these kind of things, and it's even, in some sense, you get the same feeling with the way uh, Queen Kane's being treated with the at the City of Worms. Like, you get to really see what, like, in quotes, true evil is like, because here's this character that 
there's no other way to describe him other than just like the worst of the worst <laughs> like even comparing him to tamak to june i still consider the the, the the slaver more evil which oh. is crazy you know <laughs> yeah. like like here's this guy that they've been running from the whole story and yet this character who's only been present for two episodes is more clearly evil <laughs> <laughs> yeah like clearly more evil and i love that they did i love when stories do that right when you have your bad guy which is queen kane tamak to june all of them right but then you put them in a position where now you're on their side. Yeah. You're like rooting for Queen Kane, like, damn, she's, you know, captured and there's this crazy dude and he never brushes his hair, um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And it's like, now you're rooting for her. And so now it's like, fuck, I'm not supposed to be rooting for you though. <laughs> Don't you remember yeah. that? And I'm like that. <laughs> you're in a position where now you have to decide. It's like, okay, whose side do you want? Yeah. You're rooting for her for the last however many episodes. But we already know Baba Voss's journey and things like that. I mean, where do you where do you sit? Um, yeah. See now that you know, because Queen Kane, you know, she's free now. She you know killed the guy. She's free. She's still beaten though. Um, but now that like cloud of slavery, I guess whatever you want to call it, is not hovering over her in the hostage yeah. situation. Um, now it's like okay, now that the the objective bad is gone, the objective villain. Now it's back to like, okay, Queen Kane can assume that role again, or we can assume. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting going forward too, because Tamaki June kind of ends the, that storyline with a question to Queen Kane, I guess, because she, immediately she's back into her old habits of like, they're my people, they're, you know, they're my soldiers. Because I think Tamaki June says like, my, my, like my men have risked themselves and she kind of corrects him and he's like mm, i don't know he, he goes like maybe you should re rethink whether or not they're your your people anymore or not yeah you know, like respectfully of course but like he kind of and it's like oh shit <laughs> it's seriously i love that exchange because you know and you i think right at that moment is when you pointed out like it does seem to be like a like a romantic kind of dynamic between them like right yeah for sure yeah, then it like started turning, like right when you said it, <laughs> it was like shipped that it was like, oh, but he's still loyal at the end of the day. So even if he doesn't have that for her, you know, when he's like, you know, he finds out that their kingdom is destroyed. Yeah. I think is the veneer had fallen off because he realized the mistake she'd made. Yeah. And he was like, damn, like how, and you know, especially with Magra coming back in and now he has another option because maybe before he might've known, but there, you know, that was it. That's all they had. But now he's like. Yeah, nice tiny army. <laughs> like, think, <laughs> especially because Magra too. It's like they've been like setting this up this whole time that you know Magra's been the rightful heir, or maybe not the rightful heir, but the one better suited to lead. Yeah, and they've been setting this up for like the last two episodes, and it's like, damn, maybe maybe there was something to that, you know? <laughs> now he sees it, and I, I like that they didn't. Um, and I don't know. This is kind of a cool thing that I noticed. Like, I like how the kingdom's gone, right? And they have all these soldiers, that, these nameless characters, right? They're just extras or whatever. But it's like the, the unit, the, the witch hunters group. Yeah. Um, their homes are gone. I feel like a lot of times in shows and movies, they, like, these people are just pawns and they don't, like, they don't have feelings. And maybe right. we don't see each person's feeling necessarily. But, like, to Mike Dejuna speaking for them, like, they're, they're not going to like that. Like, I yeah. don't have their their um loyalty 
if they have nothing to fight for. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so, to me, I love that they brought that up, right? Because now it shows that Nod is the only dutiful to who he's working, like his queen. Yeah. And also his people. He's like, what do you expect me to do now? Um, so I just, I love that. And, you know, Queen Kane is kind of like, well, I don't give a shit. Those are my men, not yours. And that's when he looks over to Magra like, bro, are you trying to do this? <laughs> to, come on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I can't say anything else, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see next episode. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I'm, I'm like really excited to see where it goes. And it's even more interesting too, because like we kind of mentioned the last couple episodes, like the, the splintering of the storylines, but it's like, now the story isn't just like, like big a plot with the children and Baba and you know, what's going on back at the, you know, back at the ranch kind of feeling. <laughs> um, now it really feels like two parallel stories that almost have the same level of importance because it's got Magra as, as kind of like one of the big drivers of it now. And so now it's like you can, you if you're a fan of this show, you can have two different versions of the show you enjoy more, right? Like you could have a, a subplot and a and a main plot, but it would it can change depending on the viewer, right? You, you know what I mean? Like if you're a viewer who really likes the the dynamic of Queen Kane and all that stuff, now you can enjoy the show for that and have the filler being the children and all the other stuff, right? That and that's true, and um, that's actually a really good point that I didn't realize, but. What they did here is one, it's almost equal amount of time in each mm -hmm. story, right? It's not like so much Baba and then like you get like 15 minutes of them, right? It seems pretty equally split. Yeah, especially even, this episode. Yeah, especially this episode. And even if it isn't, the action was almost exclusively with the uh, Queen Kane Magra yep. story, where the, the, I mean, we can call it the main story, however you want to see it, Baba Boss and Kofun and their journey to get to Jola Morel, it's a lot of still like explaining exposition in a sense, right? They're explaining their relationships and like what's going to happen. It's a lot of just, there's more questions. I mean, there's a lot of questions as a whole, but there's questions like, we don't know what's going to happen after this point, after we get where we're going. Um, and and it's still I think it's a good point to transition too, with like, this is like the first time they kind of get to chill out after the whole losing Magra because like we just talked about Magra and all that stuff but I forgot that both Baba and the children and all of them think that Magra is dead and it's right. like oh wait this is a I forgot <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is a good part of like a well-written story where the audience is in on the secret and that there's a whole bunch of whole things going on that they have no idea have gone on <laughs> and right. like well we got to keep going on and for the sake of Magra because you know she would want us to keep going kind of thing like in some sense the spirit of magra is driving them forward uh and then you have this scene between hanawai and uh kofun and kofun's kind of like apologizing because he said some pretty mean things in the cave uh when they got captured which i think they were warranted yeah. a little bit yeah but i thought it was an interesting thing because again kofun is like wise beyond his his years <laughs> in so many in so many ways and then like he kind of cautions Hanway, like, you need to, like, temper your imagination or whatever you expect to see in Durla Morel or what you hope to find in Durla Morel once we get there because he might not be everything that we imagine him to be, which is, yeah. like, damn. Like, you know, especially with, like, the whole, there's, like, all this, like, God talk and, you know, gifts and whatnot. 
I think it's just a really interesting thing to bring up in these kind of stories because I think they do they do get a little like grandiose at times. And it's like the, it's like this call to humanity almost that it's like, hey, we got we got to like not just, you know, use this as an excuse to like hurt people or to, you know, like go blindly into danger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what makes Kofun so cool, right? Like it's so likable, I guess might be a better word because yeah. he he is given something that sets him apart, right? And I think this is why uh, people relate to like your favorite guy, like Spider-Man or like those kind of heroes that everyone just loves and like it's gifted with something that makes them more than the average. Yeah. Right? And, but he still has the wherewithal and like the, the clear sight. And I don't, uh, no pun intended, but <laughs> <laughs> to, to see things how they are and say like, I mean, at the end of the day, he is just a man. Right. Yeah. And you know, what we've learned in this show and like in real life, and this is why what shows do well is you can relate to it in a sense. And like people, you know, sometimes let you down, like in a number of different ways that you can look at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And honey was putting Dylan Morell up on this pedestal and like this promised land and all this stuff and everything's going to be fixed. All we have to do is get there. It's like her, it's like her end goal is getting there. And she thinks everything will be good. Like she's so focused on that one point and he's just like, we don't know. We, you know what I mean? Like we can't just because we're gifted with something else, we can't look down again, no pun intended, but look down on other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I really, I think he may not necessarily be my favorite character, but I think he's a character I like most. I don't, I know that doesn't make sense, <laughs> but no, I get it. Like, yeah. I think he's the most grounding of the characters. Like yeah. he kind of takes this the harsh world and makes it seem like not everything is always going to go to shit, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially because it's like every time you turn around, everything... I mean, he's even captured by slavers in, you know, one of the first episodes. <laughs> like, yeah. like every, every, every turn, it's like, here's a little shred of humanity in a world that's lost it, I guess. Yeah. No. And it's like, no matter... Like, we can rise above our circumstances to be better than what the world tells us most people are like. Yeah. Even brings it up with Boots. He's like, you know, we saw Boots happen, and this is what Magra didn't want us to be like. You know, those kinds of things. Like, he like he became a monster because of his people. And right. it, he's, like, trying to make her aware of, like, just because we're different doesn't make us, like, like, we can be just as shitty as anybody else, I guess. Yeah, and just that easy. I mean, and that's why, um, that's why, too, Magra and Baba are so... They're, they're more than just, well, especially Bob, I guess, but they're more than just brute force protector, right? Yeah. They really, I mean, as we can see with Boots, how different their lives could have been if they weren't there yeah. to, to, you know, coach them or raise them in the way that they, in the way that they did. And even uh, Paris, right? Like, yeah, Paris too. I think, I think in some sense, then this is going to be like a, a religious reference, but um, you have like the trifecta of like mentors slash role models. Where you have the mother figure, the father figure, and then you have Paris, who's like outside of all three of them, but she represents like the philosophical slash like spiritual element of like, you, you know, go chase your, like maybe like an Obi-Wan Kenobi type figure yeah. where, where it's like the, the, the spiritual, like you need to still go out into the world and, and find out who you are or who you want to be, not even find who you are. 
but yeah and i, I feel like paris is a um i don't want to say forgotten character but i feel like she she has a huge importance too on how they came up right because she yeah. was the one who wanted them to read yeah you know she was the one who's like use what you have but still grounded in the sense that's like but don't let it yeah we'll get uh, to an awesome quote at near the end of the episode <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. So yeah. yeah, we'll we'll start with the the first thing that Baba says because this comes back too. At the near, like there's a like an interaction between Baba and Paris like late at night, and he he's still like torn between like Haniwa and like how she's so driven to find her in quotes father, and he's still trying to place like like how do I like he's like am, am I some sort of sucker like. <laughs> basically giving my children away to this guy that just chose to be absent kind of thing. Um, and even he said that he's like, you know, I, I fought for you on the, on a hill. Cause that's what parents do. You know, <laughs> it's like this undying devotion because that's the role he's chosen to, to play in their lives, which is, just, I don't know. It's so commendable. <laughs> and what, what did he say? You said it earlier before we started recording. Um, I forget the direct. It, it's like the distance, like something about giving them the space, but always being there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like knowing that, you know, you give them the space to, you know, be on their own, but like you're close enough still that you're protecting them still. And they know you're protecting them still. Um, and it's, and I mean, Bob Voss is just dope. I do not like that. <laughs> like, he's just a dope. Like the fact that, you know, he, he believes he just lost his wife, right? Yeah. That's his only tie to those kids. So like just even that alone, that's his only tie to those kids. Like he could be like, well, uh, peace. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I don't have to, but clearly that's not who he is. So like, that would be like, what? So he wouldn't do that, but it's like, he's so like, those are his kids. Then. It's not that these are my wife's kids from some dude over here. Like these are my children. Yeah. Right. Um, and he can't have children. So it's probably it's even it's even deeper connection to him. Cause like, he'll never be able to birth his own kids. Yeah. Um, so I mean that he is their father, you know what I mean? Like point blank period. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have that, but then you had, you know, he lost, he believes he lost his wife and he's still able to one. And maybe this is a role of parents in general and like me and you don't have kids. So maybe it's something that we haven't, um, fully grasped what that means like how that feels and I, i'd be curious how like you know maybe eric or someone yeah i'd be curious to ask what like eric knows or feels now and he might relate on a level that we you know can't even comprehend currently um but anyway you know he he's going through his own trauma and tragedy but he you know he's still being able to say like i know what my son needs and maybe he's a little more level-headed like i'm not worried about him but like my daughter is tormented yeah. Um, and I, and she, it's something she has to get through on her own because if I keep pushing her, it's going to just push her deeper and deeper or further and further away. So I have to protect her, but I have to let her figure things out on her own. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, what a good dude, <laughs> like yeah. strong willed man, you know, it's a very, it's very complex and it's. It's one of those things that's really interesting just because you, you see this thing play out and it's like, it's still. It's like one of those things where there's never a right answer, right? Like it's, it's time and place and like temperaments and all these things that are so subtle that you, you, it almost lacks words to describe 
like what the right like you can't like if you asked advice to everybody anybody in that situation almost anyone's answer would be different yeah you know <laughs> and then it would change because the reaction to that response would be different depending on the person that it was tried on right like so it's like this never-ending situation that there's no good answer and there's no right answer and there's no right time and like it's just all these things that just it's just so complex and i you know it's again it's like part of that I don't know, maybe it's like this weird, not weird, but it's a, a coming of age story in some ways where it's like, like, how does someone become wise? Or it's like, how does a, how does a child go from being a young adult to an adult? And in a lot of ways, it's like, they have to experience it for themselves. And even as a parent, you don't want to fully just be like, well, you got it. You know, I've like, I've, <laughs> I've taught you as best you can. So I'm just going to see you later you know you got my number if you need <laughs> yeah um but like it's also like the the parent never wants to completely leave just in case too and it's like what is the distance that you should stay at in order for that like contingency plan to be you know still viable <laughs> right just in case yeah and i think I think at the start of the show or like, you know, when Hadou and Kofun were, you know, came of age, I guess you want to say when they're old enough mm -hmm. to have their own personalities and things. I think he was kind of more trying to mold her like, no, 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 this is how it should be done, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as he's figuring out, that's not going to work with her, you know? And so he's figuring it out on his own and still leading him to give the, you know, take him to this guy who who is this guy? Literally, I'm taking him to some random person who showed up once to help me kill kill a bear, and then said, "All right, peace." <laughs> I was like, "You got it from here, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, thanks." Like, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's when it gets to what would you call that? It's like a like a ritual thing, like that thing. Yeah, it looks like a some sort of. Monument, yeah, shrine is probably the best way to put it, and it looks like some weird cult more than anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's not like it's really atypical for everything we've seen. Like, we know there is like some sort of shoot, pseudo shamanism type stuff, but like most of it we've seen is more of like religious ideas taken from like leftovers of previous human life, you know, with like factories and cities, they call it the god bone. Things like that. Like it's it's stuff that we recognize today in our contemporary world, but they have lost connection to it. And so it's something that turns into pseudo-religion. But this is like some weird death cult type thing. And maybe it's not as weird for like people who are blind, but for people with sight, it's like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even for them, when they like, you know, as they're walking, you they're getting closer to, you know, Joe Morrell, they found the lavender. Road. Trail. Yeah, road or trail. Road is the name of the episode. The Lavender Road. Lavender Road. Yeah. So, you know, they found it and they're walking through it. And then it's like these just decaying bodies hanging on this like shrine esque thing. And, you know, they're like, obviously the people who are blind are like holding their noses like much earlier than Hanu or Kofun are for obvious reasons. Um, and the, the there's a passage on the ritual. I'm holding it like this. I don't know why. But it's like they're, uh, <laughs> whatever form of, uh, scripture they figured out to communicate <clears throat> and it says i don't remember exactly what it says but basically like like a bloom yeah like poem riddle whatever warning maybe 
Um, like you will be seen if you continue and if you continue there's death or something like that and have all these bodies, like a warning, like don't proceed. And again, here we have Baba Voss <clears throat> saying like, I'm going to do what I need to do with my kids. Like we didn't come this far to turn back. And I know this, my, you know, I'm doing this for Magra because yep. she's not here anymore. And you know, so they keep, they keep trucking forward. And then this scene is really cool. I don't know <clears throat> how you felt about this scene, but this whole scene, it's like, it's like the last, it seems like the last stretch. It's like literally like a straight fucking valley or whatever, right in front of them. And like, they're like these two cliffs, um, on either side and they just have to go through. But if you go through, there's archers above and any type of sound, they shoot their arrows right on target. Right. So they're trying to figure out how to go. Baba Voss apparently is like a professional ax thrower, baseball pitcher, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he has Kofu throw out one of the, spot out one of the archers and he whips this axe he has, this pickaxe, and like nails the dude in the head on the first try. I'm like, yo, you're, okay, come on. I couldn't do that with sight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, didn't blind my guy. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, he, I, that's how you all you know. He's like, all right, point it for me. You know, like, <laughs> point it out for me and I got this. And I'm like, God dang. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's pretty impressive, man. So, you know, it is what it is. It worked. So, you know, um, they're going to go take the arrow, right? So luckily they have a shadow with them. Um, Bo is her name. Yep. And, and, you know, she goes, gets the equipment. She ends up getting shot on the way back. Like, I think an arrow falls off her after she picks it up off the sky or something. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like the slightest bit of noise. And it's like, fuck, she gets shot in the leg. Hanu was like running out to go get her. And it's either Kofun or Baba says, Hanu or no. And then everyone stops. Like, it's ceasefire, ceasefire, everyone stops. And, you know, a guy on the other end is like, if you're a Hanuman Kofun, you are free to pass, but no one else. It's crazy they know their names. Like, why would you, like, how many people are they going to just be like, yo, wait, who's out there on the list? <laughs> That's what it felt like, right? Like, you can get in the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kind of got to wait in line. <laughs> right? No, they know the owner. You're good. Come on. Shit, right? <laughs> this YouTube. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, then this is kind of a, uh, I think this is what you you mentioned earlier, where it's kind of like sad almost or sentimental because, yeah, you know, and I'll let you speak on it too in a second, but like Baba Voss, he says, go, like, I'm not going to go. This is what we came here for. Right. Yeah. And he like gives them up to the unknown. Um, if you want to, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it really did feel like that, like this weird, like saying goodbye thing where it was, but it's not like the end of the season type stuff. Which we'll we'll get to why this it, it it kind of flips like it flips twice like you know it's like oh gotcha bitch but like, <laughs> but like it felt really weird because like all the way through this whole thing it's never it's always been like to use the cheesy there's nothing you know nothing stronger than family type of thing <laughs> but like in this sense it has been like it's been this whole thing the whole time where it's like we stay together as a family, no matter what. And like, even if that means by the end of this, we aren't together anymore, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and I was like, Hmm, it seems out of character for that just to be like, all right, see you later. You're done. Like I've done my duty. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I, I thought that was really interesting. And especially cause Kofun, it starts out with Kofun in his typical fashion of just being like, no, we're not doing that. That's not how this works. Like it's not just, you know, us it's not just our path and he, like this is everyone's and then yeah. hanwa says something of like 
he never could understand us. Like he, he lives in a separate world than ours. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. And then Paris with her un- infinite wisdom, I thought that was like, I don't know. It felt so good. She almost actually, I just got the thought. She's like a Gandalf type figure. That's who, that's her role. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, she kind of like connected the dots between like the, the earthly world of, of Baba and Magra. And then the sighted world is the children, but then she's kind of the intermediary of like, no, you can't go and create the world of the sighted. You have to create a world for everybody to live in it. You know, not just this. It's, it's, and it's like really weird, like not weird, but it's like really telling because like only sighted people can come in kind of thing, you know? And so it's like, here it is again. It's like, it, to me, it feels like a foreshadowing. And I'm sure you, you are not going to be able to comment on this, but like, it feels like, foreshadowing of like i don't know i'm really distrustful of utopian anything and it's like here here's like you're gonna walk into the sighted utopia and then all of a sudden it's like all the veneer is gonna be you know it's gonna rear its ugly head very quickly because <laughs> any utopian ideal is usually doesn't like exist very well without severe controls <laughs> yeah yeah um uh i can't comment much on well yeah but what I love is her quote, and then I'll say the quote. It's beautiful. All right. So uh, the quote is, the, um, the gift of sight can be blinding. Um, and I love, I'm like, I love that quote. Because it's kind of like her saying, you know, she's sending them off too. Like, I feel like, again, she probably has that, like, these are, they mean something to her too. Yeah. Like, I mean, and maybe a maternal sense, like you said, Gandalf, I think that was perfect. Um, but letting them off, but saying like, you know, you guys are going into this world. We're not accepted. You're going to be blind to like the truth and the realities of the world because you, you're gifted, right? So you don't have to worry about things that we worry about, but that doesn't make you better. Don't let that blind yeah. reality. I thought too, like this was one of the scenes that um, Baba, like like a couple scenes ago, he says that he kind of checks Hanwa with something of like, oh, we can see, like we we can see straight ahead. Like, you know, we're we're good. We can do this. And then he, he asked uh, Kofun, you know, where's the sun in the sky? You know, where's the God flame in the sky right now? And he's, he's like, what does that have to do with anything? He's like, I'm just trying to wonder how long it takes until your sight, your, you know, your gift means nothing for today. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like leveling the playing field. It felt like, you know, it, it's like that excuse that parents give their children. It's like, because I'm the parent, that's why. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> like <laughs> still respect me because i've lived longer than you <laughs> right it is valid he's like dude you guys are only really useful until about 6 p.m like we're all in the same if anything i'm the more useful one uh, <laughs> so i like when they do that banter <laughs> but you know like, <laughs> blind versus not blind banter and it's like usually bobber wins that argument <laughs> like, yeah yeah but um yeah i mean in in the episode it kind of you know, pulls back what we brought up earlier with what Baba was saying about protecting from a distance, you know, you, you think they're leaving, Paris walks up, you know, Baba's like, nah, we're not going anywhere. He's like, I have nowhere to go. He, I think he says, I may be wrong in this quote, but I think he says, I have no home to go to. Those kids are my home. Yep. Something like that. You paraphrased it, but yeah, that's the sentiment of it. He's like, he's like, where else would I have to go? My family is gone. And like those two children are my family. You know, if not for the memory, if for only reason to remember, like, their Magra in, you know, incarnate. Right. You know, like, that's all he has left of Magra in his mind. 
So it's like, yeah. why would he throw that away if he's already lost her? Like, yeah. he's not about, like, if there's anything about Baba that we as an audience can take away is we know that he's driven and dedicated. You know, he, he's more likely to die first than to give up. <laughs> there's a cool, with you just saying that, there's a cool parallel between him and Tamaki Jun. In, in that in that regard where they're dedicated they're dutiful and they're not gonna just it there's nothing selfish about either of them and i think oh, that yeah. what why they're so likable because nothing they do is for their own self-gain um wow so that's a really cool parallel i never that's i'm glad you said that because uh that's a really cool parallel between the two and i think that's why maybe we like both of them and they're both badasses you know <laughs> down to it, they're both badasses uh tamak did you even had a like a nice little banter with Boots about, yeah. like, like, you know, Boots makes a front at him. He's like, I've forgotten more people that I've killed that you even lived days or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? like, Where he goes like, just because you have sight, you think you've ended the, like even the bit playing field here. And he's like, think again, try yeah. like, don't even, yeah. <laughs> don't try me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, Boots is kind of like. <laughs> just back like, all right. He's like, I still like you, but I guess I'm not going to test this theory. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to call your bluff today, but someday, <laughs> maybe I'll try, but not today. Um, yeah, so I, I want to see Kofu and Boots go at it. That's oh, dude. I, there's so there's so much to look forward to, and I mean, I know we still have another episode, um, but I mean, there's a lot of things going on that is just like, I mean, this next episode, you know, they made it. As we can assume, they made it to Daryl Moreau, right? So, like, what's that yeah. guy? Look like? I, I, I look like, but right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, when you see that, you're like, okay, what what is it? You know, Baba Voss is hanging out for a reason. You can guess, um, like they're not just gonna like leave him there, <laughs> like never show Baba Voss again. He's just there in the woods. Yeah, and um, Paris and Bo are just gonna chill, just chilling just in like, the trees, just hanging out, <laughs> like. So something's going to happen and then, you know, all the different, you know, storylines and twists and relationships going on with Queen Kane, Magra, Boots, Tamaki June. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to see the season finale, man, because it's good. Yeah, I'm just, this show has been a lot of fun to just break down. Um, and even still, it's just been fun to just see. I don't know. I feel like ever since we started doing this show, it's been fun to see the actors like Jason Momoa just kind of explode into many different things. You know, we've been alluding to in the previous episode with Dune and things like that. And I don't know, by the time this episode come out, we may or may not have released a separate podcast on Dune. So yeah. stay tuned or or go listen to it. If, it, if it's out by then, I can't, I can't predict the future as of right now. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, either way, it's coming or has already came. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, it, it's just really fun to just kind of pick these stories apart and just to see, like, what it takes to do good storytelling. And as you can tell, I mean, we've already spent, like, another 50-ish minutes on here just, like, talking about an episode. And it's, like, it's so cool and refreshing to see stories done well with characters done well. And I think that's what drives this story more than anything else. It's not the action or the special effects and the explosions. It's the 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 human elements that that are driving this one which is like i think that is sometimes lost in like the hollywood big blockbuster stuff 
it's like you get wowed by the special effects and like look at how many explosions i see or stuff like that you know and and this is just a refreshing take on like what is the what is the story trying to tell you and make you think about humanity i guess yeah yeah no and you know i i'm a big proponent of not losing story for sake of spectacle yeah uh, that's cool you know what i mean like it, it's it, it that's it's its own element so i don't I don't want to bash it because I think it's just in a different category. Yeah. Uh, and it's fine. And that, I don't necessarily agree with this just to go on, on a tangent for really quick. I don't agree with this wholly, but I get what Martin Scorsese said when he said, um, I don't know if he said Marvel specifically or superhero films, but whichever one he said are more like an amusement ride or mm -hmm. amusement park. And I'm like, I get the sentiment because it is, it's supposed to be fun. You go see it. It's like, you know, you kind of leave your regrets at the door or stuff like that. You just, you're amused for however long you're there for. And then it's over and you, it's not like a lasting impression necessarily. You know what I mean? Like now with how Marvel and the MCU, just the scale of what they're doing is kind of impressive. So like it does right. sit with you. Like you, you kind of have to Marvel at it. Not that's no, and <laughs> I have to like, it's just impressive. You know what I mean? Um, but again, it's not something like, uh, for TV shows like Breaking Bad or movies like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. Like Portrait of a Lady on Fire was one that sat with me for a while. Um, but those movies that like, it's just like these works of art and like C I think is in that category too, or making its way if it's not there yet. Yeah. Um, where it's leaving a lasting impression and it's something that is so foreign because it's a it's a new concept. It's not a new concept per se, but like it's a different world. Sci-fi people can't see, like we can't relate to that, like practically, you know, but we can relate to it about the, the humanness and like what they're going through and like the dynamics and just kind of like how power can change people and like yeah. what happened when, you know, someone has a gift or something more than, and just how that messes with people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something that it makes you think. I mean, we've done what seven episodes. Yeah, I mean, seven hours of extra content about this idea, right? I mean, it's like, it, it. I guess at the end of the day, it's it's the premise of like, you ask yourself, what if humanity can't see anymore, and then you give that ability back, and like, what are the growing pains of reacquiring the ability of sight? You know, and it, it leads to all of these really interesting dynamics of all real life things that all humans deal with and I have, will continue to deal with forever as long as we're on this planet, right? Like, and I think that's what, when a story is done well, it allows you to play with complex ideas that may get people angry or frustrated or hurt people's feelings in a way that it doesn't, it's not, you're not talking about another person and that you can uh, like intentionally be mean or insensitive in some way, right? I think that's why people like fiction and fantasy and sci-fi because it, it allows you to imagine a reality that could be, but also by imagining the reality that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on. I mean, it's those parallels, right? And it's like, you can digest it. It's easy to digest. It's not so real that, you know, it becomes hard to watch. Cause I mean, we're not hard time. I, I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's gets slowly getting brighter, but I mean, the last year for, you know, the, not even just our country, but like the world has been tough, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you can see something like this and it's not just a constant reminder of what's going on, but it's not so far removed that it's, 
it has, you know, it's hollow. Yeah. At the same time. And I think that is the beauty of what film and TV can do and art in general. Yeah. But specifically this, it like translates. Yeah. I'll go with that. Like translates trauma in a sense. So it's not traumatic. You don't have to live it. You don't have to necessarily experience it to understand it. And it's someone else's voice saying, this is what's happening through the world. And this is how I view it. Right. And this is the way to digest it. And you can, and you don't necessarily answer the question, right? right. <laughs> but you're just posing them and saying like, you can come to your own conclusions, you know? And I mean, the show isn't over yet. We'll see where it ends. Um, but it's season two, we got, we got a whole nother, you know, yeah. season to do, which is, I'm so excited in just in general, like there's just so much here. And I mean, ever since we started doing this too, I, I don't see us stopping with just see, I, I feel like we're going to continue doing these, you yeah. know, with films or any other formats. It's, it's a lot of fun, uh, just to see where the, like picking apart things, I guess is, is what makes it fun because it's easy to look at something and just be like, well, that was fun. Just be, you know, be mindless about it. But I think when you stop and pull back the curtain a little bit, I think you get to be like, it's like, you're more of a, you're not just an observer, but you're like a participant in the, in the thing too. Yeah, yeah no, that's perfect. And you get a bit, a deeper, pre I mean, some of the things we've picked up on, I mean, this is my second viewing. Right. Just these conversations, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. And it's yeah. like <laughs> appreciation um, for what goes into making like a work of art like this. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really cool. I definitely, we won't stop because I mean, there's so many, I mean, we have so many options, you know, that I can't wait for the Dune one and uh, our friend Joe is going to be joining us with that. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Um, and I think we're all seeing it again. I think we're all going to watch it again. Yeah. I think we're all going to watch it again and we could always do a watch party yeah to um, to do that one too but yeah it's it's like especially right now i feel like there's a lot of people like you brought up marvel and stuff i think there's a lot of people in hollywood who are who are looking at the landscape and they're kind of like hmm okay well this worked for the last 10 years but what's going to be the next thing that's going to be shaping the next 10 years you know and I, I think there's a lot of people who are up and comers who are like hmm what are the ideas nobody's playing around with yet or what are the you know this, the seeds that nobody's put together yet that might turn into being something humongous, you know, the next star Wars or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I think we're at a really unique point in, in, uh, film, but also just creativity broadly of like portraying stories that, um, especially, I mean, like you said, with the last year being hard, I think hard times come very unique perspectives and creativity. And so I'm, I'm expecting in the next couple of years, a lot of new ideas coming, coming forward that were not accepted or just not thought of. It'll be very cool to see you get brought to life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, we'll be here for every step of it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So yeah, one more episode, hopefully for season one, at least. So yeah. hopefully see you all there. And, uh, it seems like this season has gotten a lot of people interested of the show. So. We'll keep going.